Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. Bud, we'll, uh, we'll combine a little bit of a, a roster management with a recruiting addition, called a little bit of a recruiting reset, if you will, after the past weekend. A uh, good little look back at what they've added, kind of project as far as what the roster looks like, what they'll still need to do uh, when it comes to recruiting and uh, some of the holes that still may be uh, left to be addressed. So as always, want to... Give a tip of the hat to the people of New Iberia, Louisiana, Louisiana Hot Sauce, that uh, are the title sponsor of this podcast. Fantastic addition for us, fantastic sponsor for the podcast, and always want to uh, thank them and thank you, the listener, for the support that you've given them uh, over the extent of our relationship. Absolutely, and we're looking forward to that relationship continuing. Uh, speaking of hot, Florida State has been pretty hot on the recruiting trail. We covered the uh, the events and, and the happenings there. In the last episode, so if you wanted to know what happened at Florida State's Saturday Night Live camp or anything like that, go ahead and hit up the last episode. It should be pretty entertaining for you. Uh, so, right now, the class currently ranks 11th on the 247 Sports Composite. That is a, an average, or basically an average, right, of the, th- the three uh, recruiting rankings out there, ESPN, uh, Rivals, and 247 Zone Rankings. So, it's pretty good. 11th right now, coming off a five and seven season. Uh, 10 four stars, 10 three stars. A couple kids, I think, in that three stars that maybe deserve four star bumps. Not all of them, like some people on Twitter uh, seem to think, but uh, doing a pretty good job right now. Filling their needs numerically, filling it with some decent talent, making the roster better. Uh, we know they have a, a silent commitment or two uh, in, in my head right now. And, uh, there's nowhere to go but this, for this class right now uh, than up. It will certainly depend on how their season goes, right? We, we I think we were a lot more positive last year about the recruiting class heading into the season. And then, of course, the season happened and, uh, and everything kind of went, uh, went went south from there. So they're certainly hoping to have a better season this year and it should help them have fewer decommitments. They, they have done a really nice job of keeping this class together Zero decommitment so far, really fostering that, that kind of uh, family atmosphere and that, that real kind of sense of togetherness and letting kids know this is not going to be an overnight fix, right? This is going to be a bit of a build, maybe not a complete rebuild of the roster, but uh, potentially of certain uh, certain positions. So let's uh, let's get into it. Absolutely. So we're going to look at uh, each position group. Uh, surprise, surprise. So we'll break it down position group by position group. But we'll look at each position group, mention what they have as far as uh, kids committed, what, in our opinion, they need as far as a number standpoint, and then uh, just give a little bit of an idea as to who that might be, who's left out on the board, or some of the other pieces that could ultimately uh, fill the position that we're particularly talking about. We'll start at quarterback. Uh, they have Jeff Sims, prospect that you've heard an awful lot about uh, on the Nolcast over the past three or four months. Uh, in our opinion, there may be a need for two, but uh, maybe maybe not uh, when you really look at it as well. Right. So I initially thought they would probably need uh, to take two in this class, and, and I'm not against taking two in this class. As you mentioned, they do have Jeff Sims, who's an excellent prospect, one of the best quarterback prospects in the country, keeps getting better, and the intangibles with, with Sims – are also very high, which is big, and certainly this program needs good quality human beings at the quarterback position after the last couple of years with uh, with Francois and, and uh, uh, Henry and, and, and obviously a couple other kids too. 
So that's a really good start for them. Um, they do have Jordan Travis and Wyatt Rector, who, you know, will they be will, will they be eligible this year? Will they not? I think Jordan Travis's waiver will be or waiver appeal rather uh, will be approved. So I think he'll be eligible this season. That's not official yet, but that is the feeling of the guys on that staff. Uh, but you look at this, you're going to have a redshirt junior in James Blackman, right? I mean, he's still a redshirt sophomore for this year. There's a chance James Blackman's your starter for the next three years. I don't know that it's a great chance, but there's a chance for sure. You're going to have Jordan Travis and Wyatt Rector. That's three scholarship quarterbacks right there. And then you're going to add to that mix Jeff Sims. Now, if you anticipate a transfer out of one of those guys, or maybe you don't feel like one of those guys is really a, a person to whom you could actually trust the offense for a long stretch of the time. Maybe you don't feel like one of those people that I listed is a, a true starter capable quarterback. Then maybe you want to take two. That They have looked at Cade Renfro, the, the quarterback out of Texas. He's the one for which they, they, uh, they spun up that um, uh, Old Town Road edit. Did you see that? I did not, no. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah, look for that on Twitter. Everybody was making fun of it as like a really poorly done edit, but I think it was, in this case, I think it was actually kind of purposefully done uh, to to be funny, and the kid really liked it. So that was actually a a hit there. Um, There's also the question in my mind, kind of still like, what what are you going to do with Willie Taggart Jr.? Right, Willie Taggart's a guy who is, has not been shy about telling the story about how you know he always wanted to play for Florida State and and never got that opportunity. Uh, Taggart Jr. was at Saturday Night Live, which is which is no surprise. Um, he's not a bad player. I don't know. So far, I don't think he has demonstrated that he is an FSU caliber quarterback. Pretty athletic kid. He, he's listed as an athlete on some of the sites. He's a very smart player. I do know that. Like he, you can definitely tell he's the son of a coach. Are they gonna go after him? Like I, on his two four seven profile, he, he lists an offer from Appalachian State. Other than that, I'm, I'm not really seeing anything. Uh, I I don't know what their plans are with him. It's it's been very quiet. So just just something to keep in mind there. But I would say the the prognosis of the quarterback position recruiting wise right now is is pretty strong. They landed their top target, and uh, and if they have some decent options for number two, if they want to go get that number two. We will uh, move to running back. Uh, recent news that uh, still kind of on the tip of everybody's tongue is the commitment of Jalen Knighton, a uh, big-time prospect, Florida State's highest-rated uh, prospect on uh, most places you look, top 100 prospect, which is great to be back in the mix and getting commits from those kids. Uh, still probably need two to three. Uh, you still have got a significant amount of number of kids who, at least at this point, remain publicly uncommitted uh, you may have a silent somewhere in the in the bunch here but uh likely to lose cam Akers. there's been some talk about uh LeBourne leaving if he had any type of year uh that would give him a chance to go start collecting a paycheck uh this is probably a place where you're you're happy with what you got and, and you still want to uh finish strong and have a chance of putting together a pretty pretty exceptional running back class it really is uh, they they took a, a risk last year in not signing a running back. They, they did take a, a pretty good walk-on running back, as we discussed before, who had legitimate scholarship offers from other D1 teams in, in Treshawn Ward out of Tampa Bay Tech. That left the roster wide open, and ultimately, even though Florida State's offensive line situation right now is very sketchy, I do think playing time 
if you can sell playing time to one position, other than quarterback, running back is probably that spot that wants playing time the most. You don't generally see a lot of running backs who want to wait their turn. They're the position uh, whom has been most used to playing right away and all the time, really since Pop Warner ball. And Jalen Knighton wants that playing time. He wants to come in and make a difference immediately. Look, if uh, if Cam Akers and, like you said, LeBorn, if they, if they bounce to the NFL early, and I, I, who can blame LeBorn? I mean, he's had he's had a serious injury. If he has a nice year and wants to go get a check, I, I mean, he should probably he's gotta go to, at that position. You've thing. just got to go. Yeah, Jalen Knighton could immediately be the number two back in twenty twenty as a true freshman. That means whoever else they sign is going to have the opportunity to immediately be the number three back. That's not a bad little proposition right there. In fact, I think you need to plan on it. In my opinion, they need, they need to take two to three backs, actually. Now, now, getting three really quality backs is a difficult proposition. We did see Alabama do it. Um, gosh, what was the year? They had, like, Alti Tenpenny. They had Alvin Kamara. They had – was that Trent Richardson's class? Uh, I, I got to Google this real quick. This is a little bit like like a, a, a Bud does the throwback thing. And we're Googling during the show, but um, I I think this will be worth it. Okay, yeah. So in 2013, they signed Derrick Henry, uh, Alvin Kamara, Alti Tenpenny, and Tyron Jones. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then do they have somebody else too? No, thank God. Okay, it was just for, just four. Uh, really elite running backs in that class. That That's pretty much impossible to do, especially now that the game is more passing game. But it, it is possible to sign two really good ones and a third who's sort of a complimentary piece. But look, with all the playing time Florida State has to throw around, if they show some offensive line improvement and they're able to sign some offensive linemen who are impressive, it's not totally out of the question that they could uh, they could put together a really nice running back class, Jalen Knighton being the the centerpiece, no doubt, a really impressive kid. Just really kind of elite traits, as we talked about in the prior show. But look, Lawrence Toa Philly out of Tampa Bay area is, is also a really top prospect for them. I like I like Dewan Edwards a whole lot out of nearby Colquitt County. He's very high on FSU. Kevon Lee, we'll see. I know he says he likes Florida State. Uh, leaving SNL, he said that he wanted to see more from Florida State. Well, you know, I, I don't know that they need to wait around on guys who want to see more if there are a lot of four-star types banging down the door to get in. You know what I mean? Michael Drennan and Keziah Holmes are, are two other names I, I think they're on the outside looking in for. But right now, I, I, I think you'd probably agree with me. They're they're looking really good at running back. Running back's a particular strength of this class and only uh, remain optimistic that it'll continue to be so. Uh, wide receivers and another place where Florida State's done all right so far. Ja'Kai Douglas, kid out of Louisiana. I believe we profiled him in depth maybe two to three pods ago. Uh, and then Malachi Weidman is another prospect that uh, is currently committed. Uh, both of them are pretty intriguing prospects. Uh, uh, Douglas is certainly the kind of smaller, shiftier uh, prospect where Weidman's more the explosive six foot four basketball player. Uh, you have two really nice complimentary pieces here. Absolutely, they're they're doing a good job at the receiver position. It, I think they need to take four receivers now. I initially thought three, but I, I've adjusted that in my opinion that they need to take four for this reason. You didn't take any last year. I think if you're running a spread offense, you should be averaging four receiver signees 
every two years because you got to assume you're going to have some transfers out of the program. Um, I don't like going zero four. I would rather go two two or three or one three three one whatever. I I don't like taking zeros at positions if if you can help it, unless you have a real strategy to it. Uh, and, and I don't think Florida State necessarily did last year, um, but I don't I won't say they totally did. Um, it's possible. They have you also have to consider here, like like you said, Matthews could turn pro. Tamari and Terry is almost certain to turn pro, in my opinion. I think you need to take four dudes because some of these guys might need to play early. Not a lot of them, but some of them would. You're in a really good position with Brian Robinson. As we said, we believe that he is one of the uh, the outstanding ring ring tweets that Willie Taggart has put out there. Who knows what he's waiting on? Maybe just a a really good looking graphic or something. I could be that's probably what i would wait on he's not a real real flashy kid social media wise so uh he may just not want all the attention there they're on the outside looking in in my opinion with arian smith he's a guy who i know they do like a whole lot he's an elite level track athlete too uh georgia seems to have the lead there marcus fleming is a really good slot out of uh, miami northwestern i think they're in a decent position with him he is committed to miami um but uh, but always possible for a flip there. Caleb Long out of Tampa. He's a player I like but don't necessarily love at this point, but a, a dude that I think they should keep monitoring during his senior season. Uh, Kentron Portier is an, another guy they had up for Saturday Night Live, just an, another name to keep in mind. Jalen Polk, who's actually one of my favorite receivers in the whole class as a kid, out of Lufkin, Texas. He's actually a Texas Tech commit, but somebody – who uh, I, I know Florida State's coaches are following at least, keeping an eye on. And then Jaheim Bell, who's a, a former Florida commit. He's out of Valdosta. He, of uh, the famous comments about how he thought Florida State's offense was slow uh, when he visited them in the spring game. And uh, I think Houston was sixth or seventh nationally in tempo last year. So Jaheim might turn out to be a better receiver than an evaluator of offenses, in my opinion. Uh <laughs> He's also he also might be able to play safety pretty well. A very good athlete. He's the guy that on, if you looked at the Tomahawk Nation Twitter account, did you see the clip of him mossing that dude? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that guy he mossed is actually uh, Omarion Cooper, the really good 2021 DB that uh, that that FSU offered recently. So just just keep an eye on those. Um, once Robinson goes public, unless something happens there, that will happen. Then they're going to be in position to to really evaluate and try to figure out who they want for their fourth, or maybe they just take three. Maybe they disagree with me about their needs, but but I think taking four would be wise there. Tied in, uh, we'll go back to uh, Moultrie, Georgia, to discuss prospect Carter Boatwright, uh, big physical kid, big massive frame. You don't uh, – it's kind of stereotypical, I think, at times to look at a white tight end and look at him immediately or project him to grow into a, a tackle. Uh, not to say that Boatwright won't, but he certainly has a, a big uh, a big body that he can continue to grow into and a, a prospect that doesn't have a ton of stars next to his name, but – uh, pretty pretty highly regarded down in that part of the state when it comes to high school football. Oh, they love him. The the, the staff loves this guy. He, he's all in on the program, too. I would say the size is, is elite, and the athleticism is uh, solid for his size. He's a guy who I think could see a rankings bump. I don't know that he necessarily needs a rankings bump right now, but if he puts together another solid year, that's certainly possible. Looking at the roster – 
you know, Trey McKinney could go pro. Uh, what if what if Alexander Marshall doesn't get a lot of playing time? He should have his, his associate's degree uh, certainly by, by the end of this year. He could be a transfer candidate, right? Like you don't want to say this kid is going to transfer, but when I evaluate a roster, I think, okay, who are the upperclassmen who are not playing much? And I don't know how much playing time he projects to get. He could certainly be a transfer candidate. I think if they had two tight ends that they actually really liked and had a chance to take and actually sign, I think they would take two. But as of now, I don't, I'm not aware of anybody else who they're really in on who they feel is a four state caliber tight end and they could sign, right? They had, they had the Seth kid. Um, gosh, what was his last name? From, uh, from Tallahassee, who, who, who Clemson got to commit. Other than that, I, this is a position they'll probably keep keep monitoring throughout the fall to see if anybody else emerges. But if, if you did lose McKitty and uh, – um, not McDonald. Excuse me. Marshall. If you did lose McKitty and Marshall, yeah. You could go into the next next year a little bit short at tight end and, and, and need Boatwright to play right away. We know they like Cam McDonald. I just, I, this is something to monitor and something I really hadn't been thinking about a whole lot, a, a potential second tight end. Something to look at, yeah. Uh, Marshall's as likely a transfer as there is on the uh, on the roster. Again, not projecting anybody to do it, but just when you assign or, or make an honest evaluation, it's one of the names that stands out. Um, so a prospect uh, or a position group that and they may be done, they may not, uh, certainly feel comfortable with what they have and uh, will continue to monitor the tight end position. Uh, comfortable with what they have is uh, certainly a description that you could label us uh, with our sponsor, Madison Social. Uh, so very fortunate to be able to pair with Matt and his team. Uh, as always, want to remind people of the tailgate that's going on in Jacksonville prior to the Boise State game, point you in the direction of uh, FSUJacksTailgate.com. They have, as we mentioned on the last podcast, uh, and ever so proudly so that they've sold out of the food tickets, but the drink tickets uh, remain available. Uh, they're starting to uh, approach kind of the, the final stretch there, but I'd encourage you to act now, secure those, and uh, we look forward to seeing as many of you as possible in uh, in Jacksonville with our friends Madison Social uh, before the game there. Ingram, do you want to do a quick thing where we each draft three reasons why you should go to the FSU Jacks tailgate? Like an impromptu <laughs> draft? Uh, I'll let you have the first pick, sir. All right, my first pick is AC. I think this is the franchise pick. It is going to be hot in, in Jacksonville, maybe really hot, and uh, and probably pretty humid. AC for a long day of tailgating. It is very hard to beat AC in August thirty first in Jacksonville. That's true. I, and I want to go. I want to draft. Be your number one pick. I want to draft. Yeah, that that is the number one pick. I, in I'm an actual sure. building. Yeah. As a <laughs> someone who you know may may have the propensity to. Uh, have the heat victimize them when they drink a little bit. Uh, AC matters no. to me for numerous reasons. Uh, but uh, I'd love to take professional staff, but I, just to just to keep my uh, the the people that surround me in the best of moods, I'm going to go with bathrooms. Uh, that That's where I'm going with the number two pick. Nice. Now, because it's snake draft, you get picks two and three, and I think I get four Ooh, or five, okay. you finish Great. out with six. Well, I get Matt, Matt and his whole team. I think they're going to have 36, 32 staff members, a whole whole team of individuals headed uh, headed with us over to Jacksonville. And uh, you couldn't pair with a more professional outfit than the people at uh, Madison Social and For the Table. So with picks two and three, I feel pretty comfortable where I sit. 
Damn, you know they have 30 staff working this thing? Like, it's not just some thrown-together last-minute tailgate. They're actually bringing a, a big crew to ensure the event goes smoothly. That's pretty impressive. Uh, okay, so I have picks five, I have picks four and five. I'm going to go space. 27,000 square feet of it and all the fun you could have inside of it with bar games and uh, TVs. It, it's just the actual – it's going to be fun in there. And uh, with pick five, I'm going to go us, you and me. We're going to be there. That's a pretty good reason – we're going to do a little live show, which is not going to be recorded. It's going to be only for the, those in attendance. And if you've already bought your ticket, hold on to that receipt because that will be uh, your way that you can likely send us a, a, one of the questions that we might answer uh, during the show. Look forward to it. Look forward to it very much. Uh, again, FSUJacksTailgate.com. Look forward to seeing you all there. Uh, with that, we'll move to the offensive line position. You, you got to have you got pick you have pick six. You, you have to uh, you have to give one more reason. Oh, pick six. Pick six, I'm going with proximity. Uh, it's about a three-and-a-half-minute walk to the stadium. Uh, tough Is to this get the in. only professional tailgate, like, <laughs> that close? Uh, I can't imagine that you're going to be able to find a more convenient location uh, for the game than, than the one that we're able to, to so proudly support. All right, that, that's a hell of a draft, and uh, FSUJacksTailgate.com. Go there. With that, we will uh, move to the offensive line, uh, but a position group that is on the top of everybody's mind when it uh, comes comes time to evaluate either what you currently have on your roster or what you're bringing in. Uh, solid little group that they've uh, secured so far. Uh, Zane Herring, Lloyd Willis, the recently committed uh, Lloyd Willis and Thomas Schrader pairing, and then uh, the Alex uh, Aktovich kid out of the IMG Academy. Indeed. Uh, they're doing a good job with the offensive line. I don't know if it's a great job. In order for me to say great, I want to see some more high-level prospects, and I'll say a good job. And look, good is a heck of a lot better than what Florida State was doing with the offensive line for several years, at least based on on how the results turned out. Uh, I think they need to take five here. Trader is kind of the gem of the class right now. He's a versatile guy who they believe can play tackle. Willis with that high upside and athleticism, but also pretty raw, so not an early impact guy, most likely unless he makes a dramatic a shift in his skills and development as a senior in high school at Miami Killian and, and Herring and, and uh, Cabbage can be can be good players for them potentially down the road. Uh, you have four projected redshirt seniors for twenty nine or for twenty twenty. Do you know that? Baby on Johnson, Juwan Williams, Jay Williams, and Mike Arnold. If any of those guys is not a starter, I think the chance that they go ahead and take their degree and move on is is pretty high. Other than that, I really don't project any, any true attrition at that position at this point. Uh, but I do think you need to take into account that that uh, uh, the the kid out of Valdosta that, that you took several years ago or last in uh, in last year's class really hasn't progressed very much making weight, and uh, and so that that sets them back a little more at at the tackle position as if it wasn't already the worst position on the team by a mile, which unfortunately. It is. Uh, so they need to get some guys who can play immediately at tackle, in my opinion. Isaiah Walker out of Miami is one of those guys. It's going to be a big big three battle with Florida State and Florida and Miami. They recently had him up uh, for the visit at Saturday Night Live. He seemed to enjoy his time, but he also went to Florida, and he also went to Miami, I think, today or tomorrow. So uh, that's not one that's going to be going to be decided anytime soon. We'll have to see what the status is between Florida State and, and Brady Ward. As I said, I think they need to take five high school kids this year. They're leaving that other spot open for Walker. 
Brady Ward did not make his visit. I think Chris Need reported that the family wanted clarity on how much, uh, like if he was a take, if he actually came down, that type of thing. And uh, you know, the honest answer it would be maybe not because they also had Schrader and, and, uh, and Lloyd Willis on campus. Another guy I know Florida State is actively monitoring is a kid named Patrick Barnett. He, he's out of, uh, out of the Florida Keys. He's committed to UCF right now. Big, long prospect who I know they like, and they're going to keep warm and, and keep recruiting, certainly. And I think they need to take a junior college guy or a grad transfer or, or both. Again, in my opinion, this is a four-year rebuild for the offensive line. This is year two, and uh, I think it's going to be a four-year process to get to be a, a good line. And they really have a, still have a real use, in my opinion, for a JUCO or a grad transfer who can come in and make an impact. Good look at uh, what's there and maybe what they hope to add. Uh, defensive line, Emmanuel Rogers, big. Uh, and just a note that we'll split this up a little bit uh, with the kind of not so secret that they're at least transitioning gradually. So to a three-four, uh, it's not quite as easy as it used to be between you. You, you know, you got your tackle prospects and your ends. Uh, we will split this up between linemen and then kind of your hybrid Ed Rusher position. And on the interior, uh, the prospect that uh, Florida State has committed so far is Emmanuel Rogers. Big fan of this kid. I actually think if he doesn't work out at D-tackle, he could be an elite-level offensive tackle, too. Big-bodied athlete, learning to play the game, but is coming along very fast. Uh, this is a guy that I expect Florida State uh, is going to have to really scratch and claw to keep down the stretch because I think he's going to really blow up as a senior and receive some interest from programs that are maybe college football playoff-level programs. I, I, I like him a whole lot. I think he's one of the guys in this class who – probably deserves to be rated four stars based on on the upward mobility potential that, that he offers. But I understand him being a three-star for now uh, and until he shows a little bit more. But the, the potential is, is absolutely all there. Um, they need two in this class. I think Marvin Wilson and Corey Durden are both going to turn pro just from what, what I expect and what I hear. So with that, Florida State definitely needs another defensive tackle. Jerzon Newton is a guy who they're, they're in a good position with. They're doing well. Definitely something to keep an eye on there. Um, I, I think they could get him. McKinley Jackson is, is not, uh, in my opinion, a guy that, that they're sitting real well with. He did not come down for Saturday Night Live. And then kind of a newer name on, on the board, at least to me, DeMarje Lewis is a guy who they extended an offer to out of – I think he's out of Georgia, right? He's not a Bama kid. Uh, I think he's up your way. Uh, just a guy they're going to keep monitoring, I believe, during his senior season. But really good start. Need to finish strong and, and land another quality defensive tackle there. And uh, and if they do so, I, I think you got to give them a pretty good grade for this. DeMar is out of uh, Griffin, Georgia, just uh, south of the city. And uh, I actually think that's where True Thompson was based out of before he transferred to uh, Buford. So, uh, yeah, an, an area that the coaches will know pretty well between uh, – that and some of the some of the defensive prospects that have recently been uh, recruited south of Atlanta uh, by this staff. So we talked about the interior defense alignment uh, before we transition to the edge players. Want to thank our friends uh, Chad and Shannon Young at Resolution Home Loans. Just been an incredible sponsorship for us. Uh, couldn't have gone any better. And this is really a, a testament for me when I look at this. Just 
believe in the people that you're working with. We we couldn't have found two better guys than Shannon and Chad. Uh, both diehard Noel fans have been fantastic to work with them. And uh, look, it's great that we have the relationship with those two guys that we do. But it wouldn't mean anything if we weren't able to offer value to you, the listeners. And uh, the feedback's been better than we could have ever imagined. And uh, I think we've had 26, 25 different people at this point uh, go through the process. Maybe I was given the uh, extra person to my, my co-host there who legitimately used Shannon Young. Uh, not not part of our promo, not part of any kind of agreement. He just surveyed the market and chose to work with uh work with the people that uh, we're proud to announce today uh, that we've uh, secured an agreement to continue to work with them for another year. Absolutely. And uh, we're actually going to have a bonus show that they paid for, uh, which is going to be nothing but buy or sell questions, by the way. That, that's that's kind of their segment. They've made it their own. And uh, in order to celebrate them signing up for another full year, we're going to give you all a bonus content show of just buy or sell. This has nothing to do with the fact that my wife uh, is out of town and I have basically free time every single day to work on my second job, which is this podcast. So uh, nothing at all. But yeah, we, we actually, we, we ran the idea by, by Chad and Shannon. They loved it. And uh, they're, they're some of our most diehard listeners too. Like we get feedback from them almost as soon as we put the episode out. Oh, you know, it's right? great. Hey, what about this? Chad, it, 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 yeah, Chad, Shannon, Shannon's wife. I mean, trust me, they, they, uh, they are aware as to what's going on with the program. And it's fantastic. They're, they're on it for sure. Um, so 844-FSU-LOAN, FSUHomeLoans.com. Honestly, I think the website's the best. Shannon is super diligent in, in returning people's calls and, and getting back to them in a timely manner. He's going to work with you. He's going to get you the best rate possible and the best loan for you and structure it in the, in the right way uh, to do so. Moving over to the uh, edge rushers that we talked about prior to uh, to uh, celebrating our, our friendship and our sponsorship with Resolution, uh, Morvin Joseph and Josh Griffiths are two uh, two kids that uh, have committed. Two guys that are have a little bit of a different skill set, uh, but you need uh, in an ideal world to to maybe add a third here, and maybe this is a place where Florida State could look to significantly upgrade on on talent. Absolutely. So, uh, in my opinion, you need three here, like you said, and add one more. But there are some high-level players that they're in on, so this is this is a good thing. It all starts with, with, with Savell Smalls. Savell Smalls is a not just a top ten player at his position; he's the number one player at his position. He is the top ten player in the nation. Savell Smalls, who they've been recruiting, as we discussed in the prior show, since he was a freshman, since this staff was at Oregon. Just a real impact type player. It, oftentimes when I'm scouting kids, what, what really defines an elite player for me is if you can play a smaller man's position at a big man's size, right? Meaning that you still have the athleticism of the small man, but you have the body of the big man. So, you know, that 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 lot that, that safety who can play at two fifteen and yet still flip his hips and run. That that backer who can play at 240 that's that edge backer who can play at 260 and you think there's no way and then all of a sudden he's still able to do it right you, you can drop him back a little bit he can be an elite pass rusher to me that's Savell Smalls he is that good of a player and they're in a good position with him I'm not going to say they're the favorite to land him but he likes Florida State a lot he has the trust in Florida State with their staff their long-term relationship and the fact that they signed his former teammate Treshawn Harrison who seems to be doing well 
both in terms of, of football progress, but also academically post positive things on social media. They have a great relationship and, and Smalls was legitimately kind of acting like, like one of the players on the team already when, when he was there. And we, we saw him greet Jeff Sims and, and talk smack to Jeff Sims. It was a little bit different. I, I think you mentioned this to me. Was it last episode or when we were talking on the phone? It, they, they all run together. We communicate so much. But, you know, Smalls is a little bit different than Thibodeau was last year, right? In terms of Thibodeau is a little more off to his own and, and kind of checking things out. Smalls is kind of like already acting like a member of the team. So maybe that's just a comfort factor because he had been there for a couple days by the time all the other commits rolled up because he was on a multiple-day visit being from, from the Seattle area. But uh, but they're they're in a good spot there. To, if they have a good year, they're going to be able to sell playing time. They're going to be able to scale, uh, sell scheme fit with a move to the 3-4, and they're going to be able to sell relationship. If you can get mom to sign off on going about as far away from, from Seattle as, 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 as you can draw up in the continent of the United States – then I think you're going to have a real shot. They're also in a good position with, with Jalen Harrell. Now, I'm not going to say they're, they're the leader there either, but Jalen Harrell is a guy who I think continues to define his position more. He's not a linebacker. He's he's kind of a, a defensive end edge jack guy, which is exactly what Florida State wants him for in their 3-4 defense. I, I think he's a, a player that fits that role well. About 6'5", 234, I think he said he was the other day out of, out of Tampa Berkeley Prep and kid who certainly cares about academics as well. They're in a decent spot there. And then Brady Swinson is sort of the third name to know. Uh, I need to do some checking to see exactly where they are on him. He didn't show up to Saturday Night Live. I think he ended up at, I think, Auburn or Arizona State. Uh, but I need to follow up on that. They, they were in a good spot with him. But right now I feel like they're doing a – I'll give it a good grade, like maybe a, a B, you know, maybe B minus as far as their edge rushers. To me, in order to, to get in kind of that that A range, I think you need a real, real difference maker. And the year to do it is now, to avoid a, a major drop-off in pass rushing more than you're already going to have with, with the loss of Brian Burns. Yeah, it's an interesting position group. A lot of uh, nice pieces of talent there. Uh, and the smallest kid is just, I mean, son of a gun looks like a, he looks like a walking statue or something like that. It's, uh, it's rare to see a high school kid, uh, a rising senior at that, be that physically well put together. So, uh, no, no surprise that he's a top prospect, no surprise that he's, uh, probably the number one remaining player on Florida state's board and a guy that hopefully we'll be able to, uh, track a positive recruitment with, uh, linebacker is, uh, uh, linebacker is a place where they've gotten some some really nice pieces here, and I'm not sure if you if you need to add to it. You could see a couple pieces uh, on your existing roster leave, but with Keyshawn Green, Stephen Dix Jr., and uh, J. L. McCluster all on board, I think uh, Florida State's taken a, a massive step in uh, in firming up some of the problems that uh, that we've talked about at the linebacker position for for too many years in a row now. They. They have done a good job the last couple of years at, at reloading this linebacker room. I'm a huge Keyshawn Green fan. That dude just makes plays. He's a leader. He cares about Florida State. He plays linebacker from McCullough. I mean, that's it. Did they adjust his rating yet? Okay. It looks like they bumped him up a little bit. So, 247 has him as a as number 154. Uh, and then 247 Composite, which is the industry ranking average, has him at uh, 
at 203. Uh, look, okay, they only have one linebacker is rated better than Keyshawn Green. I'm okay with that. I, 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 if you like Keyshawn as the best, I'm cool with that. If you like Derek Wingo out of Aquinas, who's committed to Florida as the best, I'm cool with that too. Uh, they're they're rated pretty pretty similarly as far as as far as their ratings go. To me, they're both really elite level players in Florida State. Look, Keyshawn just keeps making plays. He's a humble kid. He's not out there like super social media. He's very quiet, kind of shy, but he's, he's got kind of a sense of humor if, if you if you take the time to talk to him a little bit. And uh, and he's an excellent guy to have in the class. I think Dixon and uh, and McCluster are, are are good pieces uh, as well. And you know we're going to talk about. Jadarius McKnight in the next uh, the next group, and, and and I don't think he's necessarily a linebacker, but he's already over two hundred pounds at like five eleven. So there's this sort of like nebulous position where if you're not really a safety, you're not really a backer, but you are on the field a lot. I think he'll probably fill that role. I don't think they need to take another linebacker in this class. I would rather use that scholarship and throw it at another offensive tackle, just another roulette chip at offensive tackle. Because that's the one position on, on this team that could get this coaching staff fired, mm-hmm. like legitimately. If that doesn't turn around, they won't be here. So to me, what you need to do is throw as many resources at that position or a defensive end uh, or, or you know, D-line as possible. You need, need, need to fix the trenches. I think they're, they're good at linebacker. I know they, they like Desmond Tendall a lot. If you have the scholarship to give, I guess, but I, I would use it somewhere else, in my opinion. Still, though, a, a really nice start. Really nice start, and maybe maybe a nice finish. Maybe they're done. Yeah, yeah they, it may be <laughs> yeah. the one group where they've they've kind of put it to bed here. So, uh, linebacker, something we'll look at, but uh, may not be the the area that we have the the most uh, frequent updates surrounding who ultimately makes up the class want to uh, thank our newest sponsor at this point in time, uh, Travis Johnson. Travis uh, is a, uh, a pretty decorated attorney out of the Pensacola area, um, somebody that I know, Bud, you're a little more familiar with than I was when we first uh, went into this relationship, but uh, a guy that we think is really going to be able to uh, bring our listeners a, a value in a particular area and a, a very uh, a great legal aid to, particular, to potentially have uh, on your team. There's no doubt. Look, Travis is new to the show, new to y'all. He is not new to the area of family law. He has 10 years practicing family law. His office is based in Pensacola, but he actually has cases throughout the state. He'll come to you. Uh, He's only one of 280 board-certified family law attorneys in Florida out of 110 licensed attorneys in the state. That includes me. Uh, He's AB rated. He's on super lawyers. He's taught university classes. He's presented at CLEs, and like I said, this, the practice is statewide. So, yes, his home office is Pensacola. He's a lifelong knoll, and he will come to you. Uh, he can do high-end litigation. He can do just form agreements, right? He can do appeals, a lot of appellate work. But I will say this. With family law, appellate work is hard. You do not want to make a mistake in your choice of family law, right? You need to get it right the first time. You can get it right. By calling Travis. You can call Travis at 850-435-9919 and uh, want to thank Travis for coming on board with us and very much look forward to working with him throughout the rest of the year. 
Oh, rounding out tonight's conversation, we'll turn our focus to the defensive back group. Uh, pretty significant amount of talent uh, already committed to Florida State with uh, Demore Tate, Jadarius McKnight, Jalen Harrell, Isaiah Dunson, and uh, Derek Bermudez all in the class. In our opinion, uh, they need five here. Uh, so they, they may have one more number to add, but again, this is a group that uh, they've secured a, a pretty significant amount of their recruiting class and at least in their opinion would uh, like to think that they've uh, they've they've got a lot of the hard work done right nowadays and i was talking to somebody about this as a college coach in the acc i'm not, I'm not going to say who he said look we, we want to carry 17 dbs now because you're facing so much spread throughout, throughout college football you can get away with having like eight linebackers on your roster we, we need like 17 DBs because you're running five and six out there at a time. Demore Tate is the top corner in, in the state of Florida. In my opinion, his ranking is, is slowly adjusting to, uh, to reflect that. Jadarius McKnight, we already discussed. Jalen Harrell is a, a promising corner project out of Miami area. Isaiah Dunson is, is one of the best DBs in the state of Georgia. And Derek Bermudez is, is a quality player out of Jacksonville, a whole lot of length in this class, by the way. I mean, you're looking at at 6'1", I know 5'11 for McKnight, but 6'1", 6'0", 6'1", 6'2". They have reloaded it with, with, with some serious length. Last year, they, they took a couple guys who were a little shorter, but are good ball players. And uh, it's important to balance your dudes who might play in the slot maybe a little shorter with, with your guys who can really make a difference on the outside and, and in the red area. So... They're doing a really nice job here. It's one of the best DB classes in the nation. I feel like Florida State always has good DB classes, and, and that's that's a good thing for the Knowles. Uh, so my potential transfer considerations here, uh, Carlos Becker, right, is he going to be at Florida State in 2020? He'll be a redshirt senior. If he's not really figuring into the depth chart, very much a guy who you know, could graduate and move on. Also, could one of Samuels or Hampson Nasraldine, who I know is playing some more linebacker this year, but the roster technically lists him as a DB, so that's why we plugged him in here. Or Cyrus Fagan, could one of those guys turn pro uh, or maybe maybe transfer or graduate transfer somewhere to get more playing time? Obviously, I don't think Samuels is going to transfer for playing time. He was kind of the one I was referring to uh, turning pro, but maybe the other two. We'll have to see how much PT they get this year. If they don't get a lot of PT... Uh, and I'm not saying that's going to be the case, but it's a possibility, then maybe they would look to graduate transfer. And, and in that case, if Florida State gets wind of that, maybe they do want to go ahead and take six. If they do take six, obviously you have Marcus Buford, the kid they just offered um, out of the uh, the Dallas area. I, I think Buford's a good player. I was a little bit surprised they offered him, but he was good at their Saturday Night Lights camp, and, and Dion likes him a lot. Uh, Kendall Dennis, the kid out, out of uh, the Lakeland area, not Lakeland High School, but Lakeland uh, area. Really good athlete. I, I know they need to keep working on him because his, his testing numbers are, are pretty off the charts. And then one name to keep an eye on here, uh, Jacquez Robinson. Jacquez is uh, another guy out of Jacksonville. Now, he's very tight, obviously, with, with, with Jalen Sims and, and Bermudez and a couple other players in this class, but he is an Alabama commitment. Now, when he initially committed to Bama, the word I got was that like he might not end up staying a take at Bama and he would need to go to their camp in order to, to prove that, that he, you know, basically to earn his spot. However, I, the feedback I got after that was that he had an excellent camp and now Bama does want him. 
So this is not a situation where Florida State is, is trying to take a kid that Bama maybe doesn't want. No, apparently Bama does want Robinson now for sure after a, a good camp performance. And so if FSU is going to be able to flip him from the tide, then they're going to have to do just that, right? Flip him from the tide without an assist from Bama uh, telling him to go elsewhere. Very talented group. I think you're uh, accurate to point out the size and length of a lot of these prospects. Again, a, a position group that Florida State's uh, done most of the work and secured uh, most of the class. We'll continue to look at Buford, Dennis, Robinson, and a couple other names as we make our way uh, closer to uh, to the end of this particular class. Um, we will look at special teams here, and uh, it's not and sarcasm or anything else. Florida State has a... a a recently secured uh, kicker that uh, they have on campus, so not necessarily looking to go anywhere there, but uh, you are going to have to try to sign a punter at some point in time. Ingram, who are your top candidates for, for punter? <laughs> well, there's this kid down in South Jordan. No, I have no idea. No idea. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Um, Florida State's a good place to punt. It's not cold, right? That's why it's pretty easy to get good kickers and punters to come. Kickers and punters like to kick in good weather. just makes sense. And uh, I'm sure they'll find one. And when they do find one, I will probably have little to no thoughts on how good or bad he is as a punter. Usually what I do is text one of the guys who runs one of these kicking or punting camps and say, hey, uh, what do you think about this kid? And they'll usually say, yeah, we like him if he worked with them or I'm not so sure because he didn't work with them. It's just there's not a whole lot of specific stuff you get about punting. It seems to be kind of a crapshoot. I want to see him go to Australia and get get one of those Australian punters. LSU's had like five of them now. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, they'll, they'll run downfield and make a tackle for you too. Heck, Miami got one. Did you see Miami's guy? I haven't seen him, no. He's like 6'4", 250, all tatted up and, and, and I, looks like he can play DN. For I've seen that kid. Yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah. I do think that uh, Fitzgerald, the kid that I referenced earlier, uh, part of the 2019 class, I think he'd done a, a little bit of punting. Uh, so maybe if there was an emergency, a uh, kid certainly got a strong enough leg with some of the some of the long distance uh, kicks that he made. But uh, yeah, you are going to have to try to sign a punter, and not a not an area that you'd think Florida State have to strain too hard to fill the fill the space on the roster. Absolutely. Let me see. End of show notes. Uh, Ingram did not know that we were going to do the draft for uh, <laughs> for the FSU Jackstoget.com. I totally sprung that on him like halfway through his ad read, and he scrambled and, and nailed it. Except I didn't realize we were both getting three picks. So, uh, you oh, know, it's yeah, a learning lesson. Absolutely. That, that may be my fault for not, uh, not communicating there. We don't know when the episode is going to come out with the buyer sale, but just be looking for that probably pretty, pretty soon. And uh, a lot of content is going to be coming your way in August. We'll probably have upwards of eight or nine shows it's august is usually one of our busiest months and uh if y'all enjoy the show make sure you're following us on on twitter also on instagram we're starting to put some tailgate and barbecue videos there be pretty cool and little grilling demonstrations and uh spread the word about us five-star reviews on itunes are great and look just keep helping us grow 